0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Phillies Nation podcast with Ian Riccoboni and Steve Carino. Today, we would like to thank our sponsors who make this program possible. First, the 100 Greatest Phillies of All Time, now available on Amazon.com. The 100 Greatest Phillies takes a look at your favorite Phillies players and moments, past and present, and counts down the 100 Greatest Phillies of All Time, filled with Great interviews, statistical analysis, and more, written by me, Ian Ricciabani. You can check that out on Amazon.com. And also, Out of the Park Baseball 2017. Out of the Park Baseball is proud to announce that the latest version of the best baseball strategy game ever made arrives on March 22nd, 2016, for $39.99 on PC, Windows, Mac OS X, and Linux. It's jammed with dozens of new and improved features that come straight from the amazing community of players. Out of the Park Baseball 17 is an astounding journey through the past, present, and future of the sport. Whether you're an owner, GM, or field general, or all of the above, get ready for the deepest and most satisfying version of Out of the Park Baseball yet. And a very special code for Phillies Nation listeners, you can pre-order Out of the Park Baseball 17 and get 10% off by using the code PHILLIES17. That's right. Go to OOTP, as in Out of the Park, device. Developments.com, ootpdevelopments.com and type in the code philly17 to get 10% off out of the park baseball 17 officially licensed by major league baseball and the mlbpa with that let's start the show Everybody to another exciting edition of the Phillies Nation podcast. It's Wednesday, and the Phillies have off today, but there's a lot of great, exciting news happening around the Phillies and baseball world. I'm Ian Rickabani. I'm joined by Steve Carino, the king of old school. Steve, geez, we, you know, we go away for a little bit, and all of a sudden, you know, Ryan, it was Jason Stark says this, and this player gets sent down, and it's it's been chaos. It
1: sure has. And it, it's been it's been great because, uh, as you can hear my little my little boy in the background, <laughs> it, it's been great because you know, so many things that we've predicted over the last few weeks are, are coming true. And, you know, just with the, the news breaking of Adam LaRoche retiring, you know, wouldn't that be a great place for Ryan Howard? Look at, you know, uh, the, the injured pitchers that we had are are throwing ahead of schedule Uh, this team is 11 and 4 in the grapefruit league and i don't think we're the only ones that are excited no and and you know what that's been the feedback we've been hearing from the the folks that
0: have been listening and you know we certainly want to thank the listeners uh because this has been incredible the feedback we've been receiving but they're telling me and you and everybody that that hey, this team is an exciting team. They're a half game out of the Grapefruit League uh first place. I don't even know if there's a trophy. If there's not, I'm going to make one and send them one because Right.
1: That's an accomplishment.
0: Yeah. Ab- I mean, absolutely. And there, you know, so many so many people say spring training doesn't matter and you know, there's the fan put out a great article saying there's no correlation between spring training and regular season. But I'm looking at these grapefruit standings, Steve, and I see the Toronto Blue Jays, who were two games away from the World Series last year. Yes. at Number one. And at number two, the Washington Nationals, who were a, you know, collapsed down the stretch, but a playoff team. You know, they're right there at number two, tied with the Phillies. Number three, the Houston Astros. So you're you're gonna tell me at this point in my irrational spring behavior that the Phillies aren't a top flight contender here in the National League or at least the
1: Grapefruit League? Oh, I I'm I'm telling you, you are one hundred percent correct. <laughs> I believe that you know, there's teams that are up top that are supposed to be up top. Washington's supposed to be good the Blue Jays are supposed to be good. You know, Houston Astros are supposed to be good. The Phillies are not supposed to be good, but they are going out there and playing ball. It reminds me a lot of the 1993 team and they started off with a good spring and it it became this almost like this chemistry and, you know, which I I believe the chemistry led to a lot of their just hard play that brought them the NL pennant. But, you know, I'm not saying that this team's going to go all the way to the NL pennant, but I, I, I texted you with the idea. I go, is it out of the realm of possibility that this team is maybe the second wild card well you know what I I, <coughs> I thought you were crazy and
0: I asked to <laughs> I asked if you had been uh, seeking any prescription medication uh, for your thoughts but I you know I had I had talked to Dan Zimbarski. Uh, Zimbors- uh, I'm sorry, Dan Zimborski of FanGraphs and ESPN, and we have a very special edition of Phillies Nation podcast where I, I talk to Dan and we talk about the Phillies' chances statistically. Now he told me there's about a point a zero point four seven chance that the Phillies are a playoff team this year. That's only about one in two hundred. So <laughs>
1: I'm ready to take the crazy pills too, but. You but- know, It's not 0%. There's a chance. I mean, it's minimal, but there is a chance.
0: Right. And, you know, some of the exciting things, like you've been saying, I think part of the excitement is because the young players continue to play well. The guys that you're hoping to see develop, you know, are developing. The thing that my brother always said about those 92, 93 teams, you know, growing up. We watched those teams and we picked our favorite guys. And each year, it wasn't the wins or losses, but we wanted to see Dykstra compete for the batting title, and we wanted to see if Darren Dalton could hit 20 home runs and if John Crook could hit 320 or 310. And you know, that's where I was going in with this team. But hey, if they're going to win, that's a uh, <laughs> that's a icing on the cake.
1: It, it sure is, and that's I think it makes it more exciting. Even you know they're they're sending sending Crawford back to the. The the minor league camp was a I, I, good move, you know. They just they're they're putting all their pieces together, and it, it's looking good. Way way sooner than I thought it would.
0: Yeah, and it seems like they're not afraid to move some dead weight around. And obviously, JP Crawford is not dead weight. He's one of the top prospects in baseball. Uh, I mentioned Dan Zemborski's um, Zips project. You know, he's with graphs. He has Zips projections. He actually projects if Crawford played a full season in the majors would want would be one of the Phillies' best players but I don't know if the timing's is right. Uh, they are clearing some dead weight or at least thinking about it with the news today that Jason Stark broke that, or at least the prognostication that he broke that he does not see Ryan Howard ending the season as a Philly.
1: And, you know, Ryan Howard has done nothing to, you know, uh, to his, his, his campaign. You know, he's not hitting well in spring training already. And, I don't know. He's the odd man out, and he's the thirty-five million dollar odd man out, and that's it's so hard to see. And it, it, because I, I'm a Ryan Howard fan and everything that he's done for the team, but it, it's time to go. And that's the unfortunate part when you, you get to a certain age or a certain playing level that you you have to cut ties before it gets too late and every time a first baseman or a DH goes down I think there's a great spot for Ryan Howard what, what can we do you know with the retirement news of Adam LaRoche I think what did what do you do you know you could how can you send Howard to Chicago and I came up with this maybe it's a 10 million dollar investment for Chicago they'd still be saving three million dollars but they pick up five million of Howard's salary this year leaving the Phillies 20 million (laughs) dollars to pay but then they agree to pay half of the option for next year the 10 million dollar or they they spend five million on the option so maybe ryan howard's change of scenery is the greatest thing ever and he becomes a 10 million dollar player next year for chicago which once again saves them another three million dollars or at the at the least they got a ten million dollar player for this year, save three million dollars on the Roach. No matter what they do, they're they're saving money. Well, you know that that certainly
0: that was one of the first thoughts that ran through my mind too. Um, but you know, I look at I look at the White Sox system. I see, you know, Jose Abreu can play some first base. Uh, Brett Lowry, you know, he plays a little bit of first, a little bit of third. They have some guys, some pieces that you know, obviously could be moved around and could be fit and he could you know he could be the world's most expensive platoon dh you know that's not out of the well that's what he's going to be
1: here that's the that's that's, right i think a huge issue
0: right and that you bring up a good point so you know obviously that that might be a fit i think for the first time we may see kind of a fit emerge and especially with that quote from jason stark jason stark obviously is one of the most respected journalists out there oh absolutely Um, so great book yeah, absolutely. And you know, when when there's smoke, there's fire, I think with with things like this. So, I'd keep an eye on that. Um it's interesting for someone that close and that connected to the team to to say that though. Uh because again, like that just jumps out to me as something that that is more likely to happen uh, now that someone with those credentials has confirmed. So, we'll keep our eyes on that. Uh, we mentioned the, the awesome great start. We have more more good news coming up. We have Jared Eichoff returning to the mound tomorrow uh, for St. Paddy's Day. Will you be wearing your green
1: shirt or green hat?
0: <laughs> I might be the only one in the greater Philadelphia area that does not have the green Phillies jersey or shirt. <laughs> <So>
1: <laughs> I, I got to tell you this quick story of I have a green shirt that was given to me by a wrestling fan while I was on tour in Germany a few years ago, and it came with a certificate of authenticity and everything. Huh. You wouldn't get, you would never guess the player though. Wow. Jeez. How about if I told you he had six fingers? Antonio Alfonseca? Absolutely. <laughs> Number 57. El yep. So I will, I will definitely pull that out tomorrow <laughs> to show my support for a uh, six finger Al. Yeah, the octopus,
0: El uh, El Puopo, (laughs) I believe in Spanish.
1: Right, Um, and I even have the certificate of authenticity for this thing. Like, this guy was so thrilled to give it to me, and he says in, like, broken English, he goes, I I don't know if this guy is a very good player, but uh, (laughs) this shirt costs a a lot of money. I'm thinking, oh, you poor guy, you got hoes.
0: Oh, I hear Beck crying for you. Oh, yeah. It's
1: body change time. It's it's diaper changing time.
0: Oh well that's so always a th- good
1: These are the things that we bring you every week on the Phillies Nation podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. How you know, only are we talking baseball and you know sometimes a little wrestling and entertainment? We will literally you know I will literally wipe my two-year-old bare bottom on the air. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, while while Steve's doing that, it's a great time to bring up uh, our sponsors because with the success of the program, uh, we've been able to make some great partnerships. And right now, uh, we've gained a very, very cool new sponsor. Um, Out of the Park Baseball 2017 will be out on March 22nd. It's one of the premier baseball games out there. It's one of Steve and I's favorite games. And, uh, you know... Because of their partnership with the Phillies Nation podcast, you can pre-order the game and get a 10% discount. That code is active right now if you go to ootpdevelopments.com, ootpdevelopments as in out of the park developments.com. You will see the pre-order button for Out of the Park Baseball 2017, officially licensed by Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association. Out of the Park 17 is proud to announce that this is the latest version of the best baseball strategy game ever made, and it arrives on March twenty second for thirty nine ninety nine on PC Windows, Mac OS X, and Linux. Steve, do you run your computer on Linux? <laughs>
1: oh my goodness! You know i i have a, i have a, such a love hate relationship with this game. I've I've been playing this game over the last five years, and it's so addicting. It's so great. But I am absolutely awful at it. <laughs> my best my best season was with the nineteen eighty-three Phillies, the Wheeze Kids, where I went eighty and eighty-two. Oh, but wow. I've been fired five times. I've been fired on my birthday <laughs> oh, on no. this computer game. That's that's how cruel and it is and it's addicting and I can't stop and I you know and I can't wait for March twenty second and get the, the new one.
0: Absolutely. It, it is addicting. I mean, I, one of my favorite things to do, they have a great expansion mode where you can begin as a team that expanded. Um, personally, I love starting out as the Seattle Mariners. I drafted <laughs> Paul Molitor. I drafted Eddie Murray. I drafted Bill Gullickson. And I won the championship, the World Series in four years. You too can win the World Series. Uh, out of the Park Baseball 17 is an astound- astounding journey through the past, present and future of the sport. Whether you're an owner, GM, or field general, or all of the above, which you can be in this game, get ready for the deepest and most satisfying version of of out-of-the-park baseball yet. So that's going to be available on March 22nd to download, but you can go to ootpdevelopments.com, put in the code PHILLIES17. That's PHILLIES17, and you can get 10% off right now on your pre-order of the game. So we'd like to thank Richard and uh, Brad over at out of the Park Baseball. Who uh, have created this partnership? They're committed to bringing you the Phillies Nation podcast each and every week to all of our amazing listeners. So, Steve, that's a great game, and I can't wait to be this year's Phillies because I'm genuinely excited about this team. Me too, and I
1: was thinking that like the second I get the game, I'm 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 becoming the 2016 Phillies and see what we can do, see what mistakes I'm going to make, you know. As I said, I'm pretty awful manager, so you know I, I should be able to get this job pretty pretty easy in the game, because you know sometimes you have to apply for these jobs, and if you haven't played it before, you, you you're definitely in for a treat.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing and comprehensive. So I'm going to put you on the spot. If you are the Phillies general manager, um, you have we've seen, let's see, we've seen J.P. Crawford, Roman Quinn. And Nick Williams, all get stashed down to minor league camp, which I think we can agree is probably for the best. Probably a little seasoning wouldn't hurt there. Even though all three have played really well this spring, um, we saw Alec Asher and David Buchanan option to AAA. Uh, Buchanan actually pitched surprisingly well. I'm very pleased to see his performance, but um, you know he probably wasn't going to crack the team. I'm going to throw this one to you. The race that I have that circled on my uh, spring training notes here. Bobby Laframbois, (laughs) James Russell, and Rule 5 pick Daniel Stumpf. Um, They are all left-handers. The bullpen still has, I think, 19 eligible people in spring training. But those are your lefties. Uh, Laframbois and Russell have zero ERAs. Daniel Stumpf has an impressive seven strikeouts in five innings, a 1.8 ERA. I can't pick between these guys. Um, you know, does it has anybody stuck out for you? I know I'm kind of
1: putting you on the spot here, but well, I do I do like Stump, but you know, the the other guys with no ERA yet. And that that's the that's the cool thing is these guys are pitching their hearts out because they, they know that they're not going to, you know, a bunch of them may not make the the majors and they're going to get sent down, but it's a race, it's a competition, it's going to make these guys even better. Um Bobby Lafo foo 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 <laughs> Um, he, he gets a big nod just because of his name. So, right. uh, you know, I, I'm any of the three I'm going to be happy with.
0: Yeah. And so Russell and, and Laframbois have a little bit of experience. Uh, La Frambois has, <laughs> I'm looking at his stats right now, uh, 27 games in the majors, 3.63 <laughs> ERA, uh, was actually fairly successful last year in 11 appearances for the pirates. He of course is the guy that they uh, designated Jesse Biddle to accommodate, Uh, James Russell, he's been around the block a little bit. He's been in the major since 2010. Uh, He's got a 3.9 ERA, a 1.29 whip. That's a pretty good signing. Um, He's a guy that could anchor uh, your 7th, 8th, or ninth inning role against lefties. And then Stumpf has been... Pretty good. I mean, I didn't expect anything. He's a guy from Humble, Texas, <laughs> which anyway. well,
1: you, you know who else is from uh, close to Humble, Texas, right?
0: No, who's that? Don Henley. Really? Yes. Wow.
1: Cass County, which ah. is the actual his new CD and stuff like that was absolutely amazing. But yeah, he's a humble guy.
0: Interesting. Well, he's. Hi. Huh. Well, Daniel Stump. He's. You know, he hasn't reached the majors yet, and he's done, I don't know, he's, he's had some mixed success in the minors. Uh, but his whip in the minors is 1.182, which really impresses me. And I think, you know, he's a guy that, that they might want to keep for the long haul. So, I, you know, it's weird because they might they're probably not going to have room for everybody, but none of these three guys has really disqualified themselves to not be in that bullpen.
1: Right, it's it's not a bunch of scrubs Like, for for a team that's in a rebuild And, you know, some people would say tanking We don't really have any scrubs on this team There's not any guys that you're like Oh my goodness, can't believe they reached out to this guy You know, he was hitting 195 in the Mexican League last year (laughs) You know, the players are actually playing hard And, you know, doing the, the best they can with what they got And, man, it's just, it's exciting yeah, and, and, I, and I say that over and over again, but I, I'm truly excited. You know, within you know this weekend, I'm going down to spring training for three games, and like I was excited last year for our first one, but I mean, this I can't wait to watch the games and see the team.
0: Yeah, well, so you mentioned you mentioned signing a bunch of guys from the Mexican League. They've really pulled some interesting names that maybe shouldn't be in the major leagues recently, like Adam Lowen last year. Uh, I'm thinking of uh Dustin McGowan, who was the subject of uh former Governor Ed Rendell's rant in the Philadelphia Inquirer long after Dustin McGowan had already been cut. Um, you know, so we're not seeing those kind of guys anymore, and it's and it's nice. I mean, Sean Camp in 2014, he was 38 years old, and he had been horrible, <laughs> just horrible. And they signed him. They they brought him into camp. Uh, Coy Hill uh, in, from the catching yeah. position. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's nice that they're bringing in guys with some actual potential, even if they are veterans, like Andrew Bailey. Andrew Bailey right now, he's 2-0. and He pitched four innings uh, total. He's got five strikeouts. He's only allowed one hit. He struck out the side on Tuesday, yesterday, and he's he looks like he could be a diamond in the rough. But here's the guy he who's a former two-time All-Star, and he's got 89 career saves. He's only 30, let's see, he's only 31. I mean, so I, sir, I'm i applauding Matt in the in the front office for digging these guys out and looking for bargains and looking for guys that might help him win this year, but certainly could be pieces at the trade deadline, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing, you have so many pieces to deal with. There's so many different ways that this front office can go to improve this team for the long haul. And it, it once again, you know, with the offseason pickups, the, the, the great drafting the, the last few years, and, and, you know, we'll look back in, in five, six years, and I think we'll all look back fondly on Ruben Amaro Jr., you know, for, for stuff that rebuilt the, the franchise. But you know, these this team has so many options. Come April first, come July thirty first, come November fifteenth next year. That you know, it's it's just going to be exciting just to see what kind of chess moves that the, the front office plays.
0: Yeah, and so I mean that that brings me. We we haven't really talked about the bullpen because there is so much going on. Last week we literally threw our hands up in the air and said we don't know, <laughs> but. A guy that's jumped out for me, Hector Neris, he struck out three. Um, he's got nine strikeouts and five appearances. He's looking like he could be a player in this bullpen. Yorvis um, Medina, who had been signed from the Mariners, I believe, he uh, he had to leave the game yesterday. He felt a pop in his right elbow. Uh, Colton Murray had the distinction of earning the one-out save. And David Hernandez came back, and he was kind of the front runner to... Earned the closer spot. He struggled in his return to live pitching. He faced some minor leaguers yesterday. I was never a big David Hernandez fan myself, but you know some some folks in the organization seem to be high on him. I you know I'm kind of rooting for Andrew Bailey to be the closer if he's going to be this consistent. I think he could be a weapon.
1: I t- I totally agree. I, I liked Andrew Bailey from the start. It was it was one of those pickups that you know came, came with a a little warning and stuff that, you know, uh, buyer beware, but I, I like it. I like him and I, I want him to be the closer, you know, for maybe, you know, 2016, 2017. And who knows what comes up? Who knows what, who's going to be available? You know what? Once again, the, the, the pieces that the, uh, the office have, uh, there, there's going to be so many different ways to go. You know, do, do they spend the money on a, a Chapman for 2017? If they think that, you know 2016 was a great year or do do we develop a closer the, man the the questions are there
0: yeah and one of the guys that they might develop um cordero jimmy cordero who was acquired in the ben revere trade um he started throwing from the mound also he's another guy like kenny giles who can hit 100 so i mean it's going to be very very interesting to see what happens there um I just want to throw this out real quick. I don't know if you noticed, Steve. Yesterday, the uh, one of the guys that came in for the Rays to pitch, his name was Parker Parker Markle. Which oh, I, I loved
1: it. Yes, I can't I even a baseball name. Yeah,
0: I can't say that without getting it twisted. Yeah. <laughs> Parker Markle. I have to. I literally have to stop and think about that. So, uh, but yeah, that. So this week, I mean, it's been. Pretty wild. Finally, the last topic for today, uh, Mikel Franco. He hit some more home runs. Uh, he hit two more against the Orioles on Monday. Uh, he leads the major leagues this spring with six. There's an uh, reports of an unnamed scout saying that uh, McCall Franco has the potential to be a superstar uh, Jason Stark today on 97.5 said, quote, quote, there is no protection. There is no reason to pitch to him. He can be treated the way Barry Bonds was, but
1: he can hit 35 home runs. I, I agree with him. And that's something that we brought up a couple weeks ago is that Franco is only going to be as good as the protection around him, And that's where Darren Rupp is going to be so needed. Even Ryan Howard's going to be so needed because I'm I'm looking at the stats right now. I mean, He's batting 367, six home runs, 14 RBIs. I mean, he's only struck out four times in 30 at bats. I and mean, he's, you know, he's got a, a great slash line. But then I'm thinking, well, who's going to bat in front of him? Who's going to bat behind him to really protect him? Is it going to be Darren Ruff, who's who's having a, a, a pretty good spring, three home runs, 10 RBIs, batting 300, an uh, OBP of the 382? But then I look. I, I see Ryan Howard, 143, you know, yeah. no home runs, three RBIs, two doubles, you know, an OBP uh, 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 on base percentage of 250. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, is it time to pull that plug and, and get rough the, the bats that he needs? to he need 500, 600 plate appearances to, to protect Franco, who could then once again hit 30, 35, heck, 40 home runs this year, and he's only going to get stronger. Yeah, so I, I don't buy
0: as much into the school of protection, um, but I do buy into uh, setting the table. So I think, much like the 06, 07, 08, 09 Phillies, that if the guys in the front of the lineup can create some chaos, if Herrera can get on base, if Cesar Hernandez is hitting second and can, can get on base, if uh, Tyler Goodell is hitting second and he can get on base, and they can keep the pitchers on their toes. I think the pitchers are more likely to make mistakes, and I think that I, I think that's going to create opportunities for Franco out of the three or the four hole. I I don't know about protection so much. I've seen some studies that suggest that it's not as big of a factor, um, but at the same time, I mean we saw it with Barry Bonds. I mean, he he was a guy who got walked with the bases loaded just, just so he didn't drive in even more runs. So, um, (laughs) I mean, there is, there is certainly some, some merit to that argument, but I'm more of a, I'm more of a front end guy. If you can get, get the guys on base, get them running, get them moving. I think that creates some chaos for the pitcher. Um, obviously if you can do both, if you got, if you got the guys running in front of, uh, in front of the hitters and then, some boppers behind him, I think, I think Franco will do really, really well.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Do you, do you think it's an old school mentality of the, the protection, you know, because you're, you're how old 30,
0: 28,
1: 29. Yeah. 29. So I'm (laughs) I'm really close. You know, I'll be 43 there. You know, there's, there's a 14 year difference of watching baseball where I grew up in the late seventies, early eighties, watching it where, you know, you wanted to protect your number three, number four hitter with a good number five. And even now playing, you know, playstation 3 video games and ootp video games uh computer games i i'm always looking to pitch around a uh an ortiz if i need to or a a, a trout or a pull host you know i i gotta pick my situation and maybe that's just an old school mentality that you know he won't hit 35 home runs because he doesn't have that, that protection. So I guess time will tell with this one. Yeah. I
0: I think for me, it comes down to individual matchups. I think for me, it's more important. Um, if it's a lefty facing a lefty or righty facing a righty, I think there are situations where you pitch around somebody to get to a different hitter. But I think that relies more on handedness. And I think it relies more on matchups. Um, so I do think there's something to be said about the way your lineups created and the way your lineup's stacked, but I think in the long run, rather than you know having two dangerous guys back to back, I think it can be more about higher lineup set. Because if you remember um, in that demoralizing series against the Giants in 2010, uh, you know I was dancing in the street when Jonathan Sanchez got knocked out. I believe it was Jonathan Sanchez after I think the, so too, yeah. the second inning, yeah. And you know they had the lead and they were winning in Game Six. And then the Giants carried four lefty relievers and used all of them and shut down the Phillies. And it came down to matchups. And the way the lineup was set, the Phillies didn't really force the Giants' hand to make any alterations. So I'm more of a how-you-set-the-lineup kind of guy in terms of handedness rather than hitters. And um but I don't know. I mean, it would be interesting to see who's been more successful uh, in in terms of managerial style. Because I think Tony LaRussa sometimes got too cute with that and sometimes lost games because of
1: it. Right, right. He, he almost overth- uh, overthought everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, hitting the pitcher eighth? Uh. <laughs> yeah, right. That,
1: that always scared me.
0: Yeah. And, and what does that say to the guy that's hitting ninth? <laughs> like...
1: Right? Yeah. And, and I I never tried it, you know, in my, uh, my managerial... 10 years with my games and stuff like that. Dave, now before we leave this week, I want to pose a question to you. Okay. And let's pose a question to the whole Phillies Nation podcast universe that's listening and I I want everybody's input. I was thinking about this a few days ago with A-Rod had done a commercial for the Yes Network because they're having a cable dispute up in the the New York area with, I want to say, Comcast and DirecTV. But This is where I want to go, that in 2016, they're using A-Rod as a spokesperson. So I'm thinking, man, he is not that far away, especially if he plays 85% as well as he did in 2015. Mm -hmm. He is not that far away from breaking the all-time home run record. And he's a true heel. He's a villain. Mm -hmm. So – what if A-Rod hits the, the the home run that puts him in front of Barry Bonds and he goes to do his speech and people are booing everywhere but the Bronx and he <laughs> says, I have not done this to the best of my abilities. I did this with help and everybody knows and I, you know, I was a fraud and I lied to all you fans and today as I stand here holding this plaque that says that I am the home run king – I believe that it should always be in the record books that Hank Aaron is the home run king. Does A Rod? This is my question. Does A Rod walk away from baseball a good guy? No, no, no. Wow! Could you imagine? He just broke wow, I can't even. Im-
0: no, I. I <laughs> well, the first thing that came to my mind was what? If, <laughs> what if he anoints Barry Bonds as the real home run king? Oh, right, yeah. Because- yeah
1: because all the heat on 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 Barry Bonds uh, yeah and, you know, I
0: mean because has Bonds I mean I guess Bonds is technically I don't know if Bonds has ever verbally admitted to the public his transgressions I know with all that Balco stuff I know there's been some testimony but I don't think I think the testimony's sealed but and I think there's been some insinuations I could be wrong but wow if he did that and said hey Karen was the but didn't wasn't Hank Aaron accused uh, allegedly of using uh, greenies or metham- uh, methamphetamine to improve? His oh, focus? I don't know.
1: I, I, I see Hank Aaron more as a uh, as a as a cocaine user.
0: No, you know, with a, we can't you know, with that say outgoing that.
1: Personality allegedly. And that's the thing with so many years later, anybody can say anything about anybody. Right. I, I don't know really of all the books that I've read on baseball in the '60s and '70s, I've never really seen anybody bury Hank Aaron. I mean, we all know what he had to go through with. the 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 civil rights and and the death threats and stuff like that so if he did some greenies to get to 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 where he was after all the stuff that he put up with hey i'm good with it man well you know there's nothing that that guy should have went through he he's a ball player and absolutely race never should have came into play you know and all, all the all the negativity that came with it because you know he was just a, a great ball player and, and a credit to this game. So I, I believe that, and I just believe it in my heart that somehow, if A Rod would would annoy, you know Hank Aaron with the the forever home run leader, especially before he dies, he be, he becomes a good guy, and maybe <laughs> that's what wins Alex Rodriguez um, uh, into the Hall of Fame. Wow. I,
0: You just blew my mind, Steve. I, I had one I had one more. I had a non-baseball topic. We got some good feedback the last time on a non-baseball topic, but I don't even know if I can come close to that. <laughs> that was. That
1: I was... Mean, it's one of those. I'm sorry. I mean, but, hey, if fans, if you, if you are, are listening and you like it uh, and you like that question, you have, you know, opinions, we'll read some next week. Uh, you know, email me, Steve, at worldofcarino.com. And, uh, you know, tell us what you think, you know, uh, please remember we have the right to use your name if you, if you send something, so mm-hmm. be careful what you send. And, uh, yeah, I want to know, unless you say anonymous and then we'll say, oh, this is from, <laughs> but you know, this is, this is something that's been bothering me for a couple of days. Would uh, Alex Rodriguez, is that the way that he becomes a, a good guy?
0: Yeah. I mean, he would certainly be laying on the sword quite a bit and, I think it would satisfy the public. I mean, the public is very forgiving. If you compare guys like Raphael Palmeiro who said, no, 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 I didn't do it. And then get caught to guys like, for instance, Andy Pettit, who got caught, but was very forthcoming. I used it to rehab. I kept using it to improve my performance. I, I think the public is ready to forgive and move on. Cause I think baseball has been burned out a little bit uh, with the steroid issues. So that's really interesting. I, I wanted to uh, – two things before we go. I wanted to throw a non-baseball question out to you, another music question. Um, oh. Recently on Groupon in the Philadelphia area, Steely Dan uh, was had, Groupon, had tickets listed on Groupon. They come to their concert. And very affordable price. I was kind of surprised. The opening act was Stevie Winwood. Now – what do you think it said underneath Stevie Winwood to kind of clarify who Stevie Winwood is
1: Oh no tell me tell me they either put a quote of a famous song he had or was Steve Winwood with traffic <laughs> yeah that's actually
0: yeah they actually identified Steve Winwood as from traffic it just said Steve Winwood from traffic and that kind of blew my mind because I you know of all the groups, and and all the solo success he had, I associate Steve Winwood first with uh, Spencer Davis Group, Give Me Some Lovin', and then with Blind Faith, and then Steve Winwood solo, and then Traffic. So I don't know. I, am I blowing this out of proportion or something?
1: I I don't know. I mean, if it put Steve Winwood and then put Higher Love in there, I might be more you know, because I I love music and stuff like that, but Winwood was never my favorite, you know, but uh, yeah, definitely a a different way to, to market Steve Winwood. And, you know, I I also wonder how it feels for a group that was such a super group, you know, in the seventies, eighties, sixties, nineties, and and they have to go back to the smaller nightclubs because there's times when I do a big venue and I'm like, man, this is, this is so cool to be back in a big venue and then, a week later, I'm in a National Guard armory that it that's 50 people full, you know, and I'm like, oh, what am I doing, you know? And then the you know the music comes on, the bell rings, and you know you're you're in your world of entertaining whoever's out there at the, at the best of your abilities. But I wonder what the I wonder what the um the these bands think. Like, hey man, I used to be number one on the charts on the BBC now. I'm here at the Reading, uh, the nightclub, uh, the, the, uh, uh, yeah, this, this nightclub in front of 200 people.
0: I'm at the crock rock in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah.
1: The silo <laughs> nightclub in Reading, Pennsylvania, where Steve Carino made his wrestling debut two weeks after quiet riot was the headliner. Wow.
0: How about that? Yeah. I, that's a, that's a Steve fact. I, I did not know. Wow. Well, <laughs> on that note, uh, we're gonna wrap things up today with the trivia. The trivia answer from last week. Uh, we did have a couple correct answers, so I drew one at random. The question was: uh, The 1983 Phillies had three pitchers that would either had had won the Cy Young, would go on to win the Cy Young, or won the Cy Young that year. Um, of course, Steve Carlton was the was one of the pitchers, and then Steve, as you probably know. Uh, In 1983, the National League Cy Young was John Denny, who was also part of the Phillies. So, those are two. Do you know who the third was?
1: The third one I had to look up. And you know what's funny is we had talked about this off the air uh, after the last one, and you told me who it was. And then I thought about it later when I was uh, re-listening to the show. And I went, oh my goodness, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And it took forever. But... He actually was the Cy Young winner in the American League in 1984, won Willie Hernandez.
0: Willie Hernandez. Yeah, that that stumped a lot of people. We got some guesses that were pretty close, but uh, not quite it. We had some people guess Tugger. We had some people guess Ron Reed. Ron Reed was a good guess. Yeah, good guess, but uh, on that 1983 team, uh, Willie Hernandez was the uh, the third person to have won a Cy Young. And, of course, he came to the Phillies in the classic deal with Dave Bergman, where he got traded the, from the Phillies to the Tigers for Glenn Wilson and one of my favorite names in baseball history, John Walkenfuss. So, oh, I love that name. Yeah. So this week's winner is at Mr. Monroe 88, Sean Monroe. Uh, he will receive a prize from the Phillies Nation podcast. And um, we're gonna take a pause from the trivia this week because we do have some sponsors coming in, and we might be able to hook up some things with that. So we're just gonna pause the trivia for this week. Probably be back next
1: week, but um, yeah, it's well, it's okay that there's no trivia this week because they have a homework assignment. Okay, tell us your thoughts on the A Rod situation, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's that is a that's a great assignment. Tell us what you think about the A Rod situation. What could he do? To save face. Um, and you know what? If you want extra credit points, tell us what you think Ryan Howard can do to save face. Or does he need to save face? Who knows? But I like Steve's question better. What do you think about the scenario? A-Rod gets the home run, uh, becomes the home run king, and then says, you know what? It was Hank Aaron's all along. So, man, that
1: that's going to bother me. I'm gonna... <laughs> That's literally... <laughs> It's, those are the situations, man. Sometimes I, I, I sit there and I think too much and I go, man, what if, what if this happened or what if this happened? Yeah, yeah. Wait until you see my mind. I'll text you what I sent out today You know, to certain people to see what you know, they were thinking. And you know, these are the weird things in Steve Carino's mind. And when it comes to baseball, I come up with all these weird scenarios.
0: Yeah, well, Steve, uh, you gave out your email to send the essay responses to. Um, how else can uh, the Phillies Nation listeners find you
1: you can get me on the twitter machine at king carino that's k-i-n-g-c-o-r-i-n-o and you know you can catch me there hey you know what I, i'm gonna actually put up a facebook fan page I'm, I'm not really good at the facebook and uh you know people are send me facebook requests for and then they spam up my thing and then i get all upset so i thought you know what i am going to start a fan page so by the time that you listen to this uh maybe no if you put it up right away it won't be done it'll be done in the next few days you'll see a facebook fan page for steve carino which has to do with my wrestling and our our phillies podcast hey and awesome. don't forget I, uh this is an open invite for anybody who's going to the phillies games this weekend in clearwater me my brother-in-law my little boy beck will be down Come say hi. Tell me if you listen to the uh, Phillies Nation podcast. We'll be in Clearwater on Friday and Sunday for the games. Also, a Saturday, we'll be down for at the uh, Toronto Blue Jay Stadium in what's that town called? Dunedin? It mean be Dundadine? <laughs> Dunedin, Dunedin. Dunedin? Yeah, I don't. Nobody knows. Nobody. No one knows. <laughs> and we'll be down there. So come out, say hi, and uh, you know, we'll we'll have a couple brewskis together and, and talk
0: about the Phillies. No, that sounds great. And uh, you can find me. I'm at Ian Riccaboni on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Tumblr. Do I use Tumblr? I think I use I don't know. Do I have a Tumblr? <laughs> uh, but, hey, uh, tomorrow, just a quick announcement. Uh, today is Wednesday. Um, we have some interviews in McCann, Steve, that, that we've done for Phillies Nation TV and for Phillies Nation this and that. I've begun to cut them up, and every Thursday until we run out, we're going to run a Throwback Thursday podcast. It's going to be... Uh, just an interview, some from some point in time with some context. Uh, usually, not going to be more than five to ten minutes. It's going to be a quick hit. Um, so those listening today, tell us if you like it tomorrow. Um, we're going to start the series with uh, a three or four parter with Kurt Simmons. So wow. Yeah, that was done in twenty fourteen. Uh, Kurt's a great storyteller, so I'm excited to bring that to the podcast. Yeah, you too. Oh, uh, yeah. Also, I didn't uh, see that. Uh, yeah, Dan Zimborski, um, or Zambrowski, rather. <laughs> I'll never get his name right. I, I even I even asked him how to say it. Uh, Dan Zamborski, He'll be joining us on the podcast for a special uh, Phillies update. Uh, he put out some ESPN and Zips projections on fan graphs, and we're gonna get his uh, thoughts on where the Phillies might finish this year. So that'll be a quick hit uh, with Dan, and we can't wait to have him on to talk Phillies in 2016. But for now <laughs> for today uh, and for Steve Carino I'm Ian Riccomani we will see you guys next time hey, hey, good
1: old Eagle hey, hey, I'm just crazy.